Alrighty, Guru and the Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, and really great to see live football back. Some fans in the stands. I hope that's a uh, a predecessor for what goes on in other stadiums. I know only one of the stadium will be doing that this week, and that's in Jacksonville. But nonetheless, great to have football back. Wiz, how are you today? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, did well on uh, DraftKings yesterday. Had uh, had Sammy Watkins and a few of them. That was uh, my uh, my sleeper in the game, if you will. Your, yeah. your sleeper, Jordan Akins, uh, actually, I think, was uh, two for 30 and got it got it touchdown as well. So uh, I think we gave you a couple of under-the-radar winners. You almost uh, nailed the score on the head. What did you predict, 38? I said 38-20. It was 34-20. The great thing about these things, Wiz, is now this is out in the public domain, so uh, <laughs> people can come back and say... So you're saying that the Kansas City Chiefs from the correct. three tries from the one-yard line would have got in, you would hit the score on the head, 38-20? That is correct. Wow, that's pretty impressive, yeah. And your sleeper was Aikens, and uh, I said history repeats itself, and Sammy Watkins was yeah. 9 for 203, but he... Had more fantasy points, believe it or not, than Travis Kelsey, than Tyreek Hill. He was the uh, number one pass catcher uh, in fantasy in yesterday's game. So I think we gave out some uh, real winners. And uh, I guess uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the game, and then we'll talk about the weekend stuff, what's coming up, and uh, which players we love at different positions, and maybe some players that we should take, uh, you know, we recommend to take a wait-and-see approach. So uh, what, what were your thoughts uh, on the game? I know you were really down going into the season, not on Deshaun Watson, the player, but him, his fantasy value and that system. And um, so what, what were your over thoughts on, what were your, you know, overall views and thoughts on the game? He looked like a frustrated player last night. Now, granted, this is almost like preseason anyway. These guys have not had any in, in-game action. We discussed that, um, you know, ad nauseum this year uh, on these podcasts. But, you know, look, you don't have the same pedigree of receivers around them. It was nice to see Fuller stay on the field and, 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 and be productive. Uh, you know, I think uh, Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks had 45 yards combined receiving. Um, I'm really concerned on that front. That that actually could open some lanes here for a guy like Jordan Akins, who who's kind of a freak athlete, former baseball pitcher, and uh, you know, I think he's the better athletic tight end here. And it'll be, maybe they'll start to utilize that player more in this offense. But I just, you know, when you lose a player of the caliber of 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 uh, DeAndre Hopkins, it changes the the offense. And this was an offense already last year that only scored over 30 in one game. We've mentioned that a lot. So the Chiefs have a good defense. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I, I was just, I don't doubt the player's ability. I doubt a lot of things. I doubt his personnel. And I really doubt the play calling You know, from, from Bill O'Brien. I, I don't think he's a good play caller. I think he's got way too much on his plate. Yeah, I mean, so from let me talk about you know both both teams a little bit here. Um, it's obvious that the Texans are putting Will Fuller into the DeAndre Hopkins role because he was doing things that he hasn't done with DeAndre Hopkins on the field. He was playing in the slot. He was you know going over the middle of the field. He was um, you know he was obviously. Um, Sean Watson's go-to guy <clears throat> ended up catching eight for one twelve. Uh, he could have hit a sixty-yard touchdown pass. He underthrew in that play, and then they they eventually scored anyhow on that fourth-quarter drive. Uh, so it, it looks 
from a fantasy perspective, if you ended up with Fuller, if you ended up with David Johnson, and if you have Watson, you know, I don't think it's going to be, I don't know, I'm a little concerned, but Watson is um, just, you know, it's just obvious that he just, you know, doesn't have that, that old reliable guy in Hopkins there, and he's going to try and spread it out more. But I think if you have Fuller and you have David Johnson, I think the, the workload is going to be there for those two players. On Kansas City side of the ball, uh, I was texting with a friend earlier today who was saying to me that he was shocked and surprised that Edwards, Edwards Allaire uh, had zero catches. Um, but I'm going to tell you this. It, it, you know, game flow and game scripts are different things. It, there's no question that Edwards Allaire will have games where he catches six, seven passes, for like 70, 80 yards. It just, well, you know, that's probably the best part of his game is, you know, catching the ball and yeah, being agree. elusive. You saw that on a few runs. But, you know, he got 25 carries. And I don't know if that's going to be the defensive pro- approach that teams are going to take away. They were just playing so deep. They were playing with the safeties back. They were just not going to let Hill make big plays on them. Um, So if that's going to be the case, you're going to see Travis Kelsey catching, you know, honestly, six to ten passes a game and Clyde Edwards-Alaire running against a soft box and soft defensive fronts. And uh, there's going to be a bunch of those 25 for 150 games on the, on the ground. But if teams get into a different type of game flow against the Chiefs, then, you know, you'll, you'll see that offense really go wild and you really see Edward Dallaire catch some screen passes and, and make big plays. But I will say one concerning thing from a fantasy standpoint, man, McCole Hardman, he was on the field. I mean, it just is obvious to me watching the first game that Demarcus Robinson is ahead of him on the depth chart. And, um, you know, I think uh, some people viewed McCole Hardman as the next Tyree Kill, and I think that's illusions of grandeur. I think that he's far from being that type of player. So uh, would you have big concerns if you drafted McCole Hardman cheap and thought he was going to be a big part of that offense. Yeah, it looks like he's going to need an injury to, to, to make his way into this lineup right now. Um, I think uh, the other thing I would say is, you know, Robinson did, did drop that long touchdown, uh, the 40 odd yard. Yeah, he dropped two actually. Yeah. That one that had to be reviewed. And then Mahomes made some throw going to his left and through that sidearm, you know, bullet to him. He was like falling down. He, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, he, it was a tight, it was a weird type of game. Robinson could have two receiving touchdowns. Mahomes probably could have four or five touchdown passes. Just a strange game. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think some interesting things came from the game just watching it. Yeah, and I think game flow, like you said, you know, the defense that the Houston Texans decided to play, you know, Basically changed the course of the way Andy Andy Reid called the game. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, I expect Hilaire to catch a lot of balls in open space. I, I would say on the Hilaire side, uh, one concern I would have there is uh, for, well, first off, it's very clear that Darrell Williams is the is the handcuff to own here, and he looked good when he caught a couple of shots and opportunities. He had nine touches in the game, but. I want to say that Hilaire might have been uh, inside the two-yard line, 0 for 6, 0 for 7, something like that, in terms of uh, knocking knocking yeah. down the door. So 
I wouldn't. I know he's not big in stature, but I, I, he's very, very elusive. And yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be overly concerned with that, especially like the last two or three, or maybe even four runs at the end of the game. They knew Kansas City was yeah. running out the clock, and when the other team knows, you are never going to go play action fake. You're never going to do anything except just hand the ball off to the tailback. It's a little easier to defend. So my guess is in a different type of situation when the other team doesn't know for sure that they're going to run it, um, you'll see at the two or three yard line, Tyreek Hill come screaming across like they're going to flip it to him and then they'll give it to a lair and he'll walk into the end zone. They were just kind of like not trying to run up the score, I guess, or they were being very conservative to kind of run out the clock. I, I wouldn't be overly concerned with that. I mean, unless it starts happening repeatedly a few more games, but I think uh, the type of situation where the Texans just knew they were just going to be running those simple handoffs, um, I think led led to those stops. Yeah, and I think, look, I think if you've drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire in any league that you're in, you should be very happy about what transpired last night. He's going to be a focal point in this offense, and everybody's going to have their opportunity. There's a lot of mouths to feed. They're all going to get their chances here. So yeah, I took him, yeah, I mean, I took him as the uh, I took him as the, you know, the the, the, the number five overall pick in a um, in a, in a in a you know in a snake draft and uh, yeah I could say that I'm well let I'm me not. tell you something was on that note uh, the league that uh, you've been brought into uh, that Jimmy O and I, I this is Jimmy O by the way a guy who started looking at fantasy two days before his first draft uh, started right. telling me at the number six pick that why are you taking this rookie running back and I said we're taking this rookie running back and he said all right I don't trust it blah 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 and last night he was beaming about taking Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but this is what happens when you prepare two days before a draft and you think you know what you're talking about. You actually don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's always... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's always... It's always interesting. The naysayers, the second oh, guesses, the, the morning quarterback. Unbelievable. Always, always a little different, but... Uh, a lot easier when you're on the sidelines instead of being in the front lines there trying to make those picks uh, drafting. But uh, So I, I guess we're going to move along to the weekend games, and we could talk a little bit about which games maybe we like uh, versus the point spread if we want to get into that a little bit. Um, and uh, and certainly, you know, from a fantasy perspective, I thought it would be fun to, like, every Friday do, like, a segment where, you know, we we give out guys at each position we like. And then, of course, we'll, you know, at least we'll do our best to try and give guys outside the top 10 or 20 at each position um, a player that they could put in there that's fairly cheap or won't be as high priced as some of the other players on, you know, the, the – DraftKings or FanDuel, whether wherever they're playing. So, uh, Wiz, that... let me let me ask you something on that. Uh, do, do you find when you're looking at you know how people rank their players for the week and whatever website you're looking at, maybe it's CBS, maybe you're not even looking at a website. You know, maybe you get some kind of paid subscription to something or whatever. But it seems to be there's almost like a Pavlovian response in a lot of these things where people just automatically go back to the kind of top 10 and, and throw them in that top 10. And, and, and I think it feels like a lot of times they actually don't look at what's really going on under, underneath the underneath the hood uh, because there are certain teams that you don't match up well or, or you have to have a sense about game flow, as you mentioned last night. Like there are certain games where I think like James White, to use a player's example, you know, back in his Patriot when Tom Brady was a Patriot, there are certain games – that when the Patriots were playing another team, that was going to be a highly competitive offensive game. James White was going to be 
a dominant force in that game. And in other games where it's look, look like it's just going to be a you know 48-10 to 10 Patriot win, <clears throat> James White's not going to do much in a game like that. Do you feel there's almost like a Pavlovian response by, by a lot of people that are setting their rankings for the week? honest with you, I, I'm not sure how much thought and effort is put into those rankings. That's number one. To your point, number two, I, I think, you know, when they do think about it, they kind of just look over the same names. But the thing that I find mo- most interesting about it is, like, how could you really have rankings on some of these players until you really know the status? Like, Matt Stafford and Tom Brady this week greatly need and will depend on the availability of Kenny Galladay um, and Mike Evans. So I I take that stuff with a grain of salt. And especially at the beginning of the year, I don't necessarily think they even know how to rank some of these players, especially the young players um, like Alaire and some of these other players that we're going to talk about um, during this podcast. So I'll be honest with you, I, I don't really... Put, I don't really put much thought into like looking at that and, and saying I really kind of just formulate my own my own views based on how I think the player is going to do. But some of it is really unpredictable because we haven't seen much of anything yet, and it's difficult to see like usage. Like I, I would have thought that most people would not have suspected that Demarcus Robinson would have seen so many more snaps. Than McCall Hardman yesterday, and until you see a game and you see what the you know the Kansas City coaches thinking is on those players and how they view the depth chart, it's impossible. It's kind of a guess, but um, yeah, I think to your point, there's not much thought or effort to it, and, and they just put some of the same old names without really thinking about it. Yeah, and it feels that way, and you know, I think uh, that's the st- sort of stuff you have to pay attention to. You know, I love to pay attention to to the weather and the factors of that. Early in the season, it's usually not an issue. Um, it's not going to be an issue, but all but one place potentially this weekend, which is a which is a good thing, and that's in Buffalo, where some rain and wind could be in the forecast. So that's the ability defense. Yeah, so that's a one. That's one place you want to watch that out. Watch out for that. But uh, you know, aside from that, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of. Looking at certain situations, and you know, you mentioned Mike Evans, I think, and and Kenny Galladay, uh, Cortland Sutton came up with a with an injury in practice the other day. We don't know what's going to happen with Debo Samuel. So there's a lot of moving parts, and hopefully, we'll get a little bit more clarity uh, today as as stuff uh, as practices start to be uh, held again, and, and we get some news from uh, individual teams. All right, so let's, let's get into it. Let's talk about some, you know, let's talk. Let's go around the positions here and let's start at the quarterback and give out view on some players and maybe we can help some people out as far as who to start and who to sit in terms of their fantasy teams and who they may want to start and pick out in, in their, you know, daily lineups and uh, DraftKings or FanDuel, whatever sites they're playing uh, on, on, you know, the weekly site. So uh, you want to start off at quarterback and, uh, I don't know, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, look, you could give a top 10 guy that you love. You don't have to, like, start outside of the top 10. So I guess we'll do it like that. Maybe we'll just talk about a guy that, you know, we think is a sure thing maybe, and then maybe somebody outside of that group, and then a sleeper, and then maybe somebody we don't like at the position. So I'll hand it off to you pun intended, as far as quarterbacks go, who do you think is a can't-miss this week? Uh, so I have two guys that a can't-misses this week. Uh, and interestingly enough, both are playing on the road, 
but it's not going to uh, it's not going to hold me back from taking either of these players. So one is Russell Wilson, uh, who's going to be playing in Atlanta, and two is Ben Roethlisberger, who's going to be playing uh, against the Giants on uh, Monday night. Uh, we have a, two Monday night games on Monday, so I'll just take the first one. You know, I have high expectations for Wilson this year. I think it's a juicy matchup. Uh, it's indoors. Um, I think he's going to get unleashed early. Uh, you know, this is a team. Yes, they do have a couple of good running backs and Carson and backed up by uh, Carlos Hyde and DJ Dallas. But I'm looking for Russell Wilson to open it up from the get-go with those two kids, uh, 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 Lockett and uh, and Metcalf. I don't know. Is, is Gordon going to play this week? I, I haven't even uh, seen that. I'm, I'm guessing he will play this I week. Think, I think he's – yeah, I think they'll – yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he's playing this week. But, okay, uh, so he won't be a factor. So, like, I'm looking for those two kids to have a good game. So, I, I and and get Greg Olson involved. Uh, Russell Wilson targeted the tight ends a lot inside the dome. So, even though they're traveling across the country, I like that. And I'm just ready to, for Ben Roethlisberger and Pittsburgh to show off uh, what they didn't weren't they, what they weren't able to show off against a, a fairly weak Giant defense. So, those will be my two uh, can't miss quarterbacks for this week. Yeah, as far as, uh, you know, a top guy inside the top 10, I'm with you on Roethlisberger. I am just so high on that Steeler offense. I love, like, how some of the young players played without Roethlisberger last year, had that year of experience. Um, they drafted Claypool as well from Notre Dame, but um, I'm with you on Ben Roethlisberger. I think the, the Steeler offense is going to come out, and, uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna throw be throwing the ball all over the place, and uh, – Unless the Giants can't keep up and that game starts to become a rout, um, which I guess could happen, still have a good defense, and if you know, with with some of those uh, pass rushes on Pittsburgh, if if if, uh, if Daniel Jones hasn't you know worked on his ball security, it could be a long game, and then maybe Pittsburgh won't be throwing the ball that much in the second half. But assuming that the Giants can keep up in this game and and it be a competitive game, I'm with you on Roethlisberger is kind of like a can't miss this week as quarterback one. So how about outside conventional wisdoms, I guess, you know, top 10 or 12, maybe somebody that, you know, a lot of people wouldn't think to be a quarterback one this week. Give give us a guy that you like this week. Okay, so I am going to pick a guy that I'm actually entertaining picking up. He's a free agent in the league right now. I'm in a league where I have all my quarterbacks with questionable situations. I'm going to, I'm going to describe it to you. So I have Matt Stafford, who potentially does not have um, Galladay. I have Aaron Rodgers, who has thrown four total touchdowns in the last four games against the Vikings. And I have Daniel Jones going against the Steelers. I like none of those situations. So Gardner Minshew is on the waiver wire in that particular league. And I am entertaining picking up Gardner Minshew and rolling him out there. I think we're going to see Chenault doing a whole bunch of things this week. You love Shark. I think he's very interesting. They still have Chris Conley there, Didi Westbrook, um, uh, and they really don't have a tremendous running game right now. So that is what I'm looking at at the present time. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Gardner Minshew. I'm not so sure about this week because I'm concerned about the Colts with that offensive line running them into submission 
and chewing up clock and just pounding them, running the ball and time of possession. But I like Gardner Minshew this year. I like the players that they have on offense. The fact that there's no Fournette even makes me, quite frankly, like Minshew more because they'll be getting good stuff out of the passing game with Chris Thompson and LaVisca Chenault is a player that I've been talking about for a long time. And I think DJ Shark is really verging on becoming a number one receiver. And I mean by a number one receiver, I mean like a top 10 or 15 receiver in the National Football League. So there's a lot to like Gardner Minshew. I could see those situations, but if I was in your position and I saw Kenny Galladay was a go, I'm sticking with Matt Stafford. Um, I just love Matt Stafford. Um, as far as my one guy for me outside the top, uh, the top, I guess ten or twelve. Um, I'm gonna go in a, in a little different direction. I'm gonna go with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I, I'm just I'm just so curious to see what Brady and that offense brings. I mean, the, the offensive coordinator Brady brings to that offense and the creative things that they're gonna do. They have obviously. McCaffrey, who can do, you know, take a take a four yard swing pass and turn it into a seventy yard touchdown. But I like some of their offensive players. I'm gonna just do what they're, they, you know, what they're gonna bring to the table. I like that there's really no tape or film on them for other defenses, and the Raiders are kind of susceptible to the passing game. So my guy outside the top ten or twelve or even fifteen, I guess probably for most people in this week, is gonna be Teddy Ballgame. I'm gonna go with Teddy Bridgewater for this week. Um do you have a guy in the is there is there a quarterback in the top ten or twelve or up there that nah, you're not so sure about this week? Not not really. There's there's no you know, I, again we looked at Mahomes and Lamar Jackson's on top of most lists, but no, nobody really, I think, that's going to flat out disappoint. I think maybe, maybe Kyler Murray has a little bit of risk attached to him uh, playing against the Niners, but he held his own against them last year. So not really anybody in particular, I would say, that I'm kind of saying is could be a complete flop. I'm going to put a guy in there. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even going to take the guy that most people who have been listening to this podcast think I'm going to take. I'm not going to say Josh Allen because – if he doesn't have a good game against the Jets, he, he's just not going to have a good season, period. Um, so I think, you know, he could have a good game, although I'm not necessarily sure about it. But the guy that I'm dubious about this week, and I would say is a play against to avoid, fade, whatever the expression these kids like to call today, is Cam Newton. Um, I like that Dolphin secondary, what they've done via free agency draft, trades, free agent signings. I, I like I like that secondary and until I see it to believe it, I'm gonna fade Cam Newton, who maybe some people have at this point inside the top fifteen or maybe even inside the top twelve. So that's gonna be my fade. Uh anything else on the quarterbacks before we move to running back? No, we can move on to running backs now. We're all ready to do that. Excellent. All right, so give us give us your sure thing. Let's hear it. Let's hear the guru's sure thing at running back this week. Um, you know, I think it's very obvious usually when you to go to Christian McCaffrey, so I'm actually not going to do that. I, I think the sure thing this week, you know, I'm going to go to that same game that you actually talked about, which is the Carolina uh, Raider game. And I think there's a brand-new defense, basically, in Carolina. They, they built it in the draft. Um, so I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs. I think um, Jacobs was a player who was hurt 
kind of from the middle of the last season on. Um, there's a there's a lot of young offensive talent on the Raiders, but I'm I'm going with Josh Jacobs to kind of show off his thing. I think they're going to get him involved in the passing game a little bit more. Uh, so Josh Jacobs for me is going to be the guy that has has the matchup that I think works, and I think uh, John Gruden's going to ride that hand in in Week One. And I'm also going to avoid the you know the top tier tier you know, the very top of the tier one guys just because they, you know nobody needs us to tell them that. Christian McCaffrey and Ezekiel Barkley, great players. I'm certainly with you on Josh Jacobs. Um, but because you said Josh Jacobs, I'll say a different player. And I'm going to go with Austin Eckler uh, in his matchup against Cincinnati for a few reasons. Um, I think they have three really, you know, solid young running backs. We've talked about this when we were talking about the the Chargers and Justin Jackson and uh, and Joshua Kelly behind Austin Eckler as well. I think this matchup uh, with Tyrod Taylor, you know, I just see um, I, I just see this being a type of game where he's going to, you know, catch a lot of passes uh, and have one of those games where it's like kind of like 70-85 yards rushing, 70-85 yards receiving, maybe catch four or five passes, a touchdown mixed in there. So from a, from a do-it-all perspective, um, a guy outside the top five, if you will, for me is Austin Eckler. Um, moving on outside the top 12, give us a guy, I guess, somewhere between, I don't know, 13 and 20 or 13 and 25 or anywhere on the list for that matter that you like this week? I'm going to give you two guys. So I'm a little bit worried about um, the amount of workload that Miles Sanders receives this week. So a player I own all over the place, Boston Scott. And the other guy I'm going to give you is James Robinson because there's only going to be two active running backs in, in Jacksonville this week. It's going to be Robinson and, and Thompson. And already a comment made today by, by Jay Gruden. I have picked up Robinson in two leagues already. Uh, I, I already mentioned that I'll be playing him in DraftKings. So I'm going to go with Boston Scott and James Robinson, who are probably way down on a lot of lists as guys that will make a material impact this week. So share with us, what was the uh, Gruden comment? Gruden said he can handle a full workload. James Robinson can handle a full workload um, or is ready why, to why would, ready? Oh, okay. And, but, yeah, yeah you, you don't think Chris Thompson's going to be uh, No, he'll get his, but but I think James Robinson, I think they have confidence in the play. Obviously, they released um, they, they released um, uh, Fournette. Uh, we know Ozigbo is hurt, but uh, apparently Robinson's ready to do his thing. Uh, Illinois State and uh, – I like when I hear that, and um, I think Thompson will get his in the passing game for sure and stick his nose in there, um, you know, getting some carries in addition to that. But, yeah, those are the two guys that I'm going to put out there, Boston Scott and James Robinson. So I'm going to give a guy that I'll be honest with you at this point. I, I, I am completely puzzled, surprised, shocked, flummoxed, all of it, why this running back is kind of not viewed as a top, 12 to 15 guy and on people's list he's an afterthought even for this week I'm all in on Raheem Mostert um, I just don't understand this quite frankly I mean McKinnon is a nice player he's a third down back mostly um, and, and, and Tevin Coleman is you know a guy you sprinkle in there but against that Arizona run defense the way Mostert's confidence was, was, was getting stronger with every game last year Year, I see no reason why he's not going to continue that, and 
I really am all in on Raheem Osset for the season and especially this game. So that's my guy. Um, do you have a real wild sleeper for this week? No, no, I, 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 I kind of like your, yeah, your, your, like, um, your, 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 because that Boston Scott's a good one. He's probably not even considered, I don't know, top, top 25 or 30, uh, maybe running back three by a lot of people. So I guess, I guess for you, Boston Scott would be that dark horse. I'm going to, I'm going to give, I'm going to give one dark horse out. I, I think J.K. Dobbins is going to be part of that game plan for the Ravens right off the bat. With all due respect to Ingram, I think Dobbins is going to be part of that game plan, and um, and that Raven offense really loves to run the ball, and their offensive line is suited for it. So I'm going to go with um, J.K. Dobbins is my kind of guy who's like probably outside the top 30 uh, to to have a good game this week. So let's move along to wide receiver, um, a position that is just loaded with talent, including uh, a lot of rookies for this year. So. Give us a guy. Give us give us your sure thing at wide receiver this this week. Uh, sure thing at wide receiver is going to be Mike Thomas. I mean, that's just you know, absolutely no question. The matchup is just a, a good one. Even though I do like this Tampa Bay defense, but I mean that's almost too obvious. If if you wanted one additional one to that, I I, I would say this. Um, I I think I mentioned them already. I think just DJ Shark is gonna. I just see that game as being a throwing game. They're probably going to be behind. But he's a player that I think is probably going to be somewhere in the top seven receivers for the week. So, uh, Mike Thomas is rather obvious, but I, you know, full confidence there. But I think DJ Shark is a, is a guy that I would want to, and I don't own him in any league. I should say that, but I just think this is a good, good matchup. They're going to be playing from behind, and he's going to take advantage of that situation. And as far as my sure thing, it's very simple. It's Jew, Jew Smith. Schuster. I think he is going to catch very close to 10 balls this week. Um, I think for a lot of the same reasons, I love Big Ben. We both love Big Ben this week. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be uh, thrown to early and often, and he is going to really you know, wreak havoc on that giant secondary. So that's my sure thing, I guess, you know, Barely inside the top 12 or wherever he's ranked. He's certainly looking at the, the receivers. He's probably not a top five or seven guy. But uh, Juju Smith-Schuster for me, give us a guy after that, um, you know, somewhere 15 to 30 that you like for this week. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention two guys. One is going to be Jerry Judy, uh, and that has a lot to do with what's going on with uh, Cortland Sutton as well. But, uh, you know, again, we, we think strongly of the player this year. They probably will lead them in receiving, but he's in an even better position this week as a result of that. And the other guy, and I know, I realize this is a tough matchup, but a lot of underneath pass is going to be going on. That's going to be Jamison Crowder because that's literally going to be the only guy that's going to be able to do anything in this game for, for the Buffalo against the Buffalo Bills for the Jets. So I know it's not an easy matchup, but I'm going to go with Crowder and Jerry Judy. That's an interesting one. I like Crowder as well, but for the sake of going in a different direction, I will. So I'm looking at, you know, like I said, there there are just a lot, a lot of interesting receivers this week. And I, I'm going to go with Terry McLaurin. And um, 
I'm just a believer in him. And, yeah, do I wish there was more consistent quarterback play throwing the ball? Yes. But I think Terry McLaurin is just rock solid. And uh, I'm not sold. I mean, I think the Eagles can, you know, they could stop the run. They could get after their after the opposing quarterback. But, man, they're back second. I just have not. I, I just don't don't love their secondary, and I think McLaurin is going to be able to do some stuff against the Eagles on Sunday. Um, you know, I just want to say one other thing before we maybe we get into like real sleeper sleeper guys at, at, at wide receivers. You know, I, I love Devontae Parker this year. I think we both do. And but man, does he have to start in by by announcing on Twitter that he destroyed the Patriots last year oh, and he's going to do it again? And now he's a little banged up you know don't we want to see a little bit more humble Devonte parker than you know the way this thing's starting out this year where he's taunting of all things the patriots and, and we know notoriously in fantasy uh, if bill belichick does one thing very well it's take out you know a main offensive weapon on the other side so uh yeah probably a poor poor choice uh, for mr parker to uh, shoot his uh, thumbs off when he catches three balls for 12 yards, uh, you know, maybe he'll learn to be more humble. But look, I guess if he gets enough targets, he could still have a good game. But, yeah, I'd like to see a little more um, humility out of out of him, considering he did nothing for the first few years of his career. Uh, so do you have a deep sleeper in mind? Absolutely. Absolutely. Ready to go with it. Scotty Miller, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's my deep sleeper for the week. That's your DraftKings bargain. Uh, Mike Evans is not going to play, most likely. And if he is, he's going to be a decoy. Scotty Miller in the slot with Tom Brady. He's made some slot guys famous before. Scotty Miller time on Sunday. So, I like that one. Is that with or without Evans? Uh, That's period, amen. Okay. With or without. Yep. I love it. And I'm going to go with Emmanuel Sanders. Oh. I don't know why, but people have forgotten how good of a route runner and a good receiver he is. He's now with a coach and a quarterback who understand how to diagram plays and get people open. And I just think after last year, Mike Thomas is going to be, you know, covered. And, and, you know, there's going to be so much attention for him that the field is going to be so open for Emmanuel Sanders to make plays. So that's my guy outside, way outside the top 30, I guess, for this week is Emmanuel Sanders. Do you have a wide receiver that, yeah, not so thrilled about for this week? Julio Jones. Uh, I think um, I want to see what Jamal Adams in this secondary does. Um, I just think it's a, it's a, this, Seattle defense uh, is going to come in with a chip on its shoulder, trying to prove that maybe uh, some facet of the Legion of Boom is back. Uh, I'm going to shy away from Julio Jones this week as being an underperformer for one of those top 10 obvious guys. And I'm going to pick a guy that's, you know, going to be against the green here. I'm going to be against, I'm going to be in the minority on this, but I just have to see the same way Deshaun Watson looked kind of lost without Hopkins. I just have to see a week of it. Um, and I know Hopkins is probably ranked as a top five guy on most people's lists for the season and this week. But I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach. And I would kind of fade DeAndre Hopkins for this week. New system, new quarterback. They love to spread the ball around. Uh, their passing game is certainly, you know, 
in that vertical. <clears throat> so I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure about that one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a, a wait and see approach on DeAndre Hopkins, and I would not put him, at least to me, <clears throat> any of my fantasy lineups for this week. And uh, with that, let's move to the tight end here. So go ahead. Give us a sh- short thing this week at the tight end spot. Uh, short thing this week at the tight end spot, uh, given everything that's going on at receiver, is definitely going to be George Kittle. But that, but that's just, just too, too obvious. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say the sure thing at the tight end spot for me is going to be especially given what's going on with Kenny Galladay, because even he does play, T.J. Hawkinson, who's 100... Yep. What? Oh, no, no, 100%... my thunder. 100% healthy, perfect situation for him. I'm sorry, with Galladay out, with Galladay out, this is a big day for T.J. I she didn't talk about the player, and now I saw you steal him from me in a draft. I saw you... Now you're taking my thunder from me in this podcast with T.J. Hawkinson. Boy, oh, boy. Thinking has changed in your part. You're paying attention to the Wizards' comments for sure. Absolutely. And I like the Hawkinson one, and that's a guy who's probably outside the top 10 or whatever. Um, that's a good one. Um, my guy is going to be uh, Tyler Higby. Uh, I just think Ooh, that I like that one. Yeah. I think the, the confidence that Goff was showing in him at the end of last year is going to carry over. It just seems to be like at the running back position – is Darrell Henderson going to play? Is Malcolm Brown going to start? How much of the, of the workload is Camp Akers going to get? Anytime I see like a little bit of confusion at running back, it leads me to believe that Goff is going to go to his basics, which are Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby. So Tyler Higby, even though he's probably not a top Five guys. He's probably not, certainly not a top three guy with Kittle Andrews, Ertz playing on Sunday. Um, he's probably right after those guys. But I think Tyler Higby is my sure thing. And uh, I don't know. You if I'm not mistaken, one, and that's outside the top ten or so. So you have another uh, tight end that you like outside that area. If I'm not mistaken, didn't didn't Higby go bananas on the Cowboys last year? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, an, uh, another guy outside the top 10 that, you know, I just think is going to have a, a big thing to say in this game, just what I think the flow of the game and stuff like that. I, I think I, I've drafted him in a couple of places. It's going to be Mike Kosicki. I just think this offense is going to lean only in a couple of directions at the start. Preston Williams is coming back from a pretty tough injury. I don't know what Parker's health is, and obviously the fact he's shooting his mouth off, he's going to get some extra attention. But I'm, I'm going to put Mike Kosecki in that uh, in that story for this week as being a guy that uh, should have a very big week, uh, especially with a week. What I look at is a weakened uh, New England uh, Patriots defense, particularly the, at the linebacker spot. I'm going to give a guy that <laughs> I kind of made fun at a few points during the podcast, but I kind of like with the situation Jack Doyle a little bit here. Uh, no burden. He could catch some passes. I wouldn't be surprised if Jack Doyle caught five or six passes, maybe for 50 yards, and maybe even got lucky with the score. So that's like my guy way outside um, anybody's, you know, tight end one for the week. Do you have anybody in there, you know, that you don't necessarily like? You want to take a wait-and-see approach? What's your view on Gronk for this week? 
Yeah, Gronk's an interesting one. Um, I have, I don't own him in any league. I've I'm, I'm, I'm been a kind of a Gronk disser along the way, but he's kind of interesting for this week. You know, you know, your boy Jimmy O went out and picked him up and is going to try to start him in one of his leagues because of the injury to Mike Evans. So uh, I don't know if that makes you more confident or less confident, but that's what one Jimmy O has done. Um, I would say, for me, a guy that could potentially disappoint this week, a little bit nervous about, just in terms of everything that's going on. I, I, Evan Ingram, you know, I know we've talked about him, but it's just not a great matchup. I, I just think the Giants could be running into complete disaster here, so I, I, that's a player that I kind of want to avoid this week. All right, fair enough. Uh, do, we, do you want to give out some uh, defensive special teams tips this week and the defenses that you love this week? I know you do a immense amount of uh, studying on that. Do you uh, have any defenses that you surely recommend to start uh, this week? I, I mean, you know, the Steelers to me are the number one defense in fantasy, and the, the Bills probably not far behind them. Um, you know, I would say the Lions are probably a nice little flyer defense for this week. Uh, I don't trust anything that the Bear offense is doing. I don't know what we're looking at, if we're seeing Montgomery or not. But I'm going with the Lions defense in week one. And I'm going to go with something that I talked about earlier with the matchup. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Colts defense this week. Um, you know, I think, you know, hopefully for my sake, Hitchcock's able to make some plays, but I'm kind of high on that defense, and then you combine that with the Colts running game, time of possession. You know, look, I, we could say, oh, yeah, we like the Bills against the Jets. All right, so nobody needs us to tell them that. So we're trying to think of, a, you know, maybe a defensive special teams that is outside the top five or ten. So I'm going to go with the Colts. Um, any of those defenses that are ranked up there this week that, like, uh, you would say, yeah, I'm not so sure about. Like, the Eagles, I know, are ranked high because they're playing the Redskins. The Patriots, obviously, even though they've had a lot of players opt out at home against the Dolphins. You know, what, what do you think about those particular matchups, um, you know, where the Eagles defense is certainly not elite, but people are counting on the Redskins offense, the Washington football team's offense not being strong. So what's your view on them this week? Yeah, I think they should do fine. You know, Washington's not going to wow you, though I'm very curious how, how they're going to deploy Antonio Gibson for sure. I'd say the one defense that I see ranked, uh, you know, very high this week that I'd be a little suspect on because uh, I just think, the, the offense is going to look pretty good this week for some reason, uh, and I think that's the Chargers. I see them ranked very high. We know they lost Derwin James, but I think Cincinnati is going to show something in their first week. Joe Burrow's gotten some very good reviews from, from some of the veteran players there, so I think that might be a little bit of a dangerous pick to just kind of automatically put them in the top five this week, and I see that in a lot of people's top five. So I'm going to say beware of the picking the Chargers this week on defense. Fair enough. All right. Great stuff. Uh, anything else you wanted to add about the games this week, uh, teams you like, or kind of kind of it's going to be a wrap? Yeah, I would say, like, in terms of, I, I'll tell you, you know, I like to take it very easy in, in week one and, and try to kind of see how things evolve, especially given that we, we have a little bit less than as far as information goes at any point in time that we've ever seen, you know, in terms of lines. I certainly, from, from, a, from, a, from a lines maker standpoint, very, very challenging. But I know they're playing in a new stadium this week. Um, I'm go Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I think the, the Dallas Cowboys are laying three in that new stadium. There's not going to be fans there. I, you know, they may have some virtual stuff going on, whatever. But 
Sunday night, under the lights, chip on his shoulder, Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboy offense are going to route the Rams this week. Oh, okay. So uh, you, you're advising people lead a three and not even worry about it. Not even worried about it. All right. That's a, that's a good one. I'm going to look over the spreads right now myself and, uh, and see uh, – and see, so I'm going to give it. I'm going to go in a, in a little bit of a different way, and I am going to. I'm looking at this final point spreads. There we go. Again, I'm going to go with my theme of backing up what I said, been saying in the offseason. I think the 49ers are going to have a little bit of a, of of a, you know a little bit of a letdown season. Maybe struggle to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win the division. So with that being said, I am going to take the Arizona Cardinals plus the seven points at San Francisco to either win the game and certainly cover the point spread. So that's the one for me. All right, fantastic. I should mention this, uh, Wiz. It's been really, uh, first off, for anybody that's been supporting the podcast and has subscribed to it, thank you very much. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. I've been seeing a nice little mix of new cities that have been popping up, that have been listening to the podcast, which I think is terrific. Um, I'm really excited to see that. Um, you know, we want more and more people coming here to listen to us. And we see that picking up. And I'm, I'm really, really proud of that. We, Wiz, we've even got people in France and Belgium listening to this. But I've noticed some new cities picking up. Uh, Lansdale, Pennsylvania, uh, when, uh, uh, Huntington, California. Really cool stuff. Cheyenne, Wyoming. So it's really cool to see these new cities. We're trying to get the word around. Wiz and I have been doing this a combined over 50 years. We feel like we know what we're doing. We're not playing around. We take this very seriously. We love it. We do want to have some fun with it too. But you know, we want more people listening to this stuff, and, and hopefully you follow us and uh, subscribe to that podcast because we're going to be trying to help you along the way. We want you guys to win money out there. And we want you to be successful in fantasy and even help you maybe in your DraftKings endeavors as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of people, I think, who are kind of doing this, and they don't kind of – put their money where their mouth is, so to speak. But, I mean, as far as, like, those bold predictions I made, I put money on some, if not most, of the the ones that actually, you know, had wagering lines. Um, and as far as players go, yeah, we're talking up the players, and then we're trying to, you know, draft those those players as well and uh, trying to give good advice and uh, and to do well. And uh, to think about these things logically and be prepared. And uh, I think, you know, it was a little bit slow because I, I think a lot of people were dubious that there was going to be football. So I think as this season continues, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of momentum. And uh, I don't know, I can't imagine that there'll be a better podcast to listen to as far as advice on what took place, what the upcoming games for the week, free agents, things of that nature. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm biased, but I think uh, this is the place to listen to. Absolutely. And we, we know some of our friends are secretly listening. Uh, not, probably a few more should be uh, because they need all the help they can get. But uh, we're having a lot of fun with this. We have stuck with this since March. And uh, we got a little bit of payoff. I hope the players are able to do this safely for sure. But uh, week one, Sunday and Monday, very excited for it, Wiz. It's been a good run through. And uh, we're going to do an interesting podcast coming up. Uh, we'll keep you in suspense. A um, little bit different angle. Yeah, we have one even later today, possibly, right? Yep, that's correct. So uh, keep listening to the podcast, folks. Keep listening. Thanks, Wiz. Yep. Take care.